0: This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast. The official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers.
1: What's up, everybody? Briley here. I'm here with Carter, and we are going to preview Clemson's huge matchup this weekend with the Miami Hurricanes. Let's start with an important stat. Clemson has beaten the Hurricanes by a combined score of... Can you guess this do you know this i do not know all right 96 to 3 oh my goodness in the last two games now in all (laughs) fairness let's set let's set the mood here a little bit uh those games happened in 2017 and 2015 so you can't really take those games and apply them to now but still 2015 58 to nothing yikes that was miami's worst loss in program history so welcome to all of you Miami fans who have joined us today to listen to our chat with Manny Navarro. Thank you. We want to just say welcome from, the, from all the Clemson fans out there. <laughs> we wanted to start with that. All right, so here's what's coming at you today in this episode. We're going to dig deep into the Miami game with, beat, uh, with the Miami beat writer for the athletic, Manny Navarro. And plus, we're going to give you our keys to the game. His are better, but ours are pretty good too, so you should stick around <laughs> for those. Uh, Our board ops director, Trevor, will be bringing us this week's Worthless Sound Collection. And I do just want to let you know that Dabo had himself a week. He's going to make a lot of appearances this week in that segment. And then we're going to play our favorite game of all time. I need a better way to describe this game. I just say it's my you favorite. You
2: say you say it's every time. It's it's just our annual game of Clemson, Clemson out. Come on, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they know what's coming. Wait, all right. Way to undercut me there. Uh,
1: yes, we're gonna play Clemson and Clemson out, and Becky is gonna lead us in those games. All right. Before we get to our chat with Manny, let's just set the tone here a little bit. What's happening this weekend? Clemson, of course, comes into this game with Miami as a fourteen-point
2: favorite. You think that's a little high, a little low? What are you thinking there? Uh, it's hard to tell, but I mean you can base it off of the past seasons of Miami, but we don't actually know if Miami's good this year. They do this every year that they go off on they start the season off pretty well most most years, but then they always have a losing streak and then they just fall off the earth. So, true. Is it too early to tell if Miami's too good or not? So, well,
1: I guess it depends on your definition of of back or if they're good. I mean, I mean, they're in the top 10 right now. That's true.
2: So <laughs> technically, true. they yeah. are back.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I'm going to say the cliche thing. I've heard this so many times. This is Miami's measuring stick game. They're going go to the be- go up against the best team in the country, and we're going to find out if Miami is for real this year. Uh, I do think, at, as a point of um, that Miami is better, they're not going to do the same thing that they've done last year, which is start well and then trail off. Mm-hmm. They've got a pretty good quarterback this year who – Is not only a great talent, but he's also a great leader. So it seems to me in past experiences, past seasons, that Miami has lost the game and then they've just kind of, you know, like they've that's turned into crumbled. (laughs) Yes. That's a perfect word. It's turned into a losing streak. But I think with Derek King, he's kind of like that upperclassman leadership that they need on that team um, to stabilize things. When, because Let's be honest, they're gonna lose this weekend, right? <laughs> this is a Clemson podcast. Whoa, that's we're not predictions. Div- <laughs> that's at the end of the <laughs> All podcast. Right. All right. I just wanna let people know that this is a very subjective podcast. We're a Clemson <laughs> podcast. And uh Miami's gonna lose. But they
2: could have a bright future, at least for this year, because Derek King is going to be the stabilizing force that they need. And we never know. They could surprise us. They're at full strength, too. They don't have any injuries coming into this game. So it, this could be for this could be the game for them. We don't know. It could be. I hope it's close.
1: And uh, we're going to talk about actually in Clemson and Clemson out what it means if Miami does win, if that's good or not for the ACC. So stick around for that. All right. Let's go ahead and chat with Manny. And then we will come back right after that and give you our keys to the game. Super excited today to welcome Manny Navarro to the podcast today. Manny is the Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic and the host of the Wide Right Podcast. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us today, Manny. Anytime, Bradley. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. All right, so you have your hands on the pulse of the Canes fans. Uh, What's the current temperature heading into this game? How confident are they?
0: Well, certainly a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation. I think Miami feels really good about what it's got on its offensive end uh, with De'Eric King and Rhett Lashley. And I think they look at uh, what they've done the last couple of weeks uh, to Florida State and Louisville lighting up the scoreboard and they feel like, hey, we can we can hang with Clemson. We have the offense to do it. Uh, whether or not they, the talent level is the same is an entirely different issue in terms of across the board. But I think right now Miami feels confident that they've got a chance to win this game.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So would you say they're more confident on offense than defense? I feel like the roles are sort of reversed this year with uh, the Miami team.
0: Yeah, I, I think defensively, you know, I, I'll say this. They're always going to be confident on that end because that's what Manning Diaz is. He's a defensive coordinator. He's a defensive coach. And so while some of us that, that analyze the team and cover the team feel like, OK, there's some issues on defense that you didn't see maybe the last couple of years. I think internally they feel very good about what they've got. Uh so one of us is going to be right and one of us is going to be wrong. Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, I, I do. I think they feel really good about their front seven. I think they feel good about their safeties. Um, certainly Al Blades is, has played really well. He's their number one cornerback. Um, but again, this this isn't, to me in my eyes, uh, an elite defense. And I think even defensive coordinator Blake Baker brought this up the other day. Those linebackers have had moments of inexperience. So I think there's a little bit of concern. But again where this program was a year ago to where it is now, it just feels like night and day.
1: Yeah, that's a good segue into something that I've been curious about. It, it seems to happen almost every year in college football that there's a program that kind of has a subpar season. And uh, the next season they rebound for, I, I mean, I'm not really, you know, the reasons can be different every time. But, you know, if they keep the same coach like Miami, did I'm always curious as to what changed from last year to this year. You've, you probably have a lot more insight than I do about that. So so what's the difference this year? Obviously, they have a better quarterback, I'd say. But is there something else that's really changed the uh, DNA of this group?
0: Yeah, certainly. I think the coaching staff, uh, Rhett Lashley and his scheme. I mean, uh, they, this was a team last year that uh, gave up 51 sacks, uh, the most among Power Five conference schools. And uh, they needed some changes and some upgrades on the offensive line. They started two true freshmen, one at left tackle, one at right guard. And gave up, you know, fifty-one sacks. I mean, it was the most <laughs> among Power Five schools. So it was just, it was just a really bad year protecting the quarterback. And I think the scheme had a lot to do with it. You know, Danny notes is a very good offensive coach. Came to Miami from Alabama, where he did a great job with Tuga, uh, Tua Tagovailoa uh, and and the quarterbacks there. And you know, it's just a different animal. Miami didn't have the offensive lineman that Alabama did to run that same scheme. So Manny went out and he got Rhett Lashley, who is a up-tempo, spread, offense-type uh, signal caller. And so that's really, I think, helped out some of the areas, particularly the offensive line, as I mentioned, playing at a faster pace to keep the the defense sort of on their toes and off balance. And then also, uh, I think uh, the receiver position Uh, That remains sort of an area where okay, you you need you need guys to get better, but it's it's, to me it's been a huge improvement already, just in the fact that the guys know the plays. I think last year there were so many times that receivers were running patterns where, okay, they were lost. You know, they run the turn the wrong way, and then it it leads to an interception. And so I, I think this simplified offense, this fast paced offense, better suits the talent and the smarts of some of the guys that Miami has.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it doesn't help to bring in a guy like Derek King uh, to this team as well. Uh, So tell us a little bit about him. I mean, I'm here in Clemson. I've been hearing a lot about him. Uh, I've watched his games. What's different about this guy? He seems like, I mean, he's obviously talented, but he seems like a real leader on the team as well.
0: Yeah, you go back to the last time he played almost games and he scored 50 touchdowns for the University of Houston. I mean, between running and throwing, he was responsible for 50 touchdowns. And that's something that's obviously really hard to do. Uh, But he's just a dangerous dual threat type of talent, a guy that the defense has to sort of always keep a spy on because he can take off and run. Uh, And so that gives you an advantage right away. You're, you're, You're playing uh, more eleven on eleven versus you know eleven on ten when your your quarterback's not accounted for right i I just think the extra commitment really helps a lot. But really, you mentioned that the leadership, I think his maturity He's 23 years old. You know, he lost his father back in February. His mom battled breast cancer. He's a grown man. He's a guy who's dealt with a lot of things already in his life. Injuries, uh, position switches. I mean, he scored on kick returns. He's caught touchdown passes. I mean, this is a guy who who is an uber talent. And I think now he's ready to show that he can be the next Russell Wilson or or the next Kyler Murray that's what he envisions himself as he thinks he can be that kind of quarterback at the next level and so he came to Miami to basically prove it and anytime you have a kid of that kind of talent who's that motivated who wants to show everybody hey i can play this position you're going to get what you get in in King and and Manny Diaz he hit a home run by getting that kid he hit a, he hit a home run by hiring Rhett Lashley and now this is going to be their toughest opponent it's going to be time to see what they can do against the best
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Game day is going to be there. It's going to be exciting. Uh, So is there any chance we see uh, King out returning kicks or anything like that? Probably not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm pretty sure they're going to leave him at the quarterback spot. But uh, yeah, I mean, you go back and you look at Derek King's film, I mean, the runs that he had. I know that's something people look at with Clemson, especially last week after what Virginia's quarterback did uh, running against them. Um, it's an area of concern, and and that's why I think Miami has a chance in this game. D'Erik King is really, really special talent in my eyes. Uh, is he an NFL quarterback? We'll see. I, I don't know. I think there's still issues with the deep ball, uh, him connecting with the receivers. I don't know how much of that to put on Miami's receivers versus D'Erik, but I think he's four of 17 on, on you know, balls thrown over twenty yards, really accurate. Besides that, but uh, you know, that's kind of what when you when when NFL uh, evaluators look at players, they want to see everything. They want to see they can hit the deep ball. They want to see that they can run and create plays. And so, I think you know, with his height deficiency being five foot nine, five foot ten, uh, it's going to be hard. You got to be elite, kind of the way Kyler Murray was to, to be the number one pick. And so, I don't know if. If Derek will ever get to that point, but certainly at this level, I mean, he's in the Heisman discussion because of what he can do. And and I think, uh, yeah, I think this game, you're going to see the best of Derek King and and it's going to be great. Brett Venable is obviously a tremendous defensive coordinator. He's beating a lot of good quarterbacks, beating a lot of good teams. Um, But I think Derek King is right up there.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. You kind of hit the nail on the head there of Clemson seemed kind of vulnerable uh, against Mm -hmm. Virginia last week against Brandon Armstrong he kind of ran up and down on him never broke any huge runs necessarily but it does seem to be uh something that I think Miami would uh definitely emphasize so um we've heard about King I've been hearing a lot about Brevin Jordan that kid looks mm-hmm. pretty great too but who's uh who's a player on the offense that uh, cl- as a Clemson fan we may not have heard of that we'll probably know about by the end of this game
0: yeah well certainly Cameron Harris uh and Miami's three running backs. Uh, all three of those guys—Don uh, Cheney Jr., Jalen Knighton—they're the two freshmen. They're two guys you're going to hear about quite a bit here the next three years, um, for sure. Uh, but but Cam is the the, the junior. He's, he's to me, he looks like a completely different back than he did a year ago. He's had some really long touchdown runs. Had one against Louisville. Had one against UAB in the opener. Um, had some impressive runs against Florida State as well. Um, tough runs. He's a tough physical back. Uh, and then, you, and then, like I said, those two freshmen, both of those guys are, are, I think, stars in the making. And then the guy that most people probably don't know of is Will Mallory because he's got two catches. He's t- the other tight end, the, you know, the other weapon that they have at that position. I think, uh, he's kind of under the radar, but if you watch the Louisville game, he had a 72 yard catch where he got down the field and just, I mean, he was beating up defensive backs on his way down the field with stiff arms. Uh, they've only targeted him twice, otherwise, and I think part of that is saving him for this game, sort of waiting to hit Clemson with a with a couple of uppercuts. Obviously, Dabo and 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 Coach Venable's and those guys are going to be ready. They they they're excellent at what they do, but I think if you're, you're talking about the fans, well, who's Will Mallory? They may see him on Saturday quite a bit. All right, we'll be looking for him, that's for sure. So
1: uh, I was going to ask you. I mean, Miami's had the bye week this week, a little bit more time to prepare for Clemson. Do you think they have any special? Uh, up their sleeves that they're going to you know unleash on the tigers this week
0: yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, most of the success that Rhett Lashley has, there's not a lot of like trick plays. There really hasn't been any of that. It's kind of been, you know, you line up in the same formation and you run variation of the same play five different ways. And you go to five different guys and they spread the ball out. And in Florida State, I think 11 different receivers caught a pass. So it's it's more about hitting you with paper cuts is the way I kind of look at it. You know, it's a, it's a cut here, <laughs> a cut there. And before you know it, you've got 11 cuts and you're like, wait, wait a minute, what happened to me? I think that's the way Rhett Lashley prefers to attack. Um, you know, Obviously, everybody knows about Brevin Jordan you know, being a Mackey finalist. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on him. But if Clemson tries to take him away, as I mentioned, Will Mallory, uh, those running backs, those guys can catch the ball out of the backfield. And know the receivers have been a little disappointing because you've had only, I think, one uh, real long pl- pass play to a receiver, the 40-yard touchdown pass last week against Florida State. but those guys have talent it's just a matter of when are they going to put it together and and i think maybe this extra bye week getting more time to sort of work on their timing and whatnot with uh with d eric maybe that that makes a comeback because uh, those guys can make plays down the field mark pope is uber talented kid he was a five-star rivals recruit coming out of high school and everybody's still waiting when is the mark pope game coming when is it coming maybe this is it who knows Well, for us Clemson fans, I hope it's not this week, but we'll see. For him, I hope it is, I
2: guess.
0: (laughs) Okay, so one of the
1: things that we emphasize around here is um, I can't imagine being a defensive coordinator going up against Clemson. So you have who I consider to be the best quarterback in the country lined up next to the Mm -hmm. best running back in the country. And uh, from what I've seen so far, it seems to be that defensive coordinators have erred on the side of trying to take away the run from Clemson specifically. Mm-hmm. How do you think Miami approaches that this week? Are they going to, you know, is Blake Baker, um, has he given any, any indication of what he's going to try to take away first?
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, he's every now and then he'll throw a couple of different exotic blitzes and, and, you know, whip whip the defensive ends around and have them stunt and flip and do all kinds of different things. Um in this game, you know, priority, Manny his priority, he's his defensive coach, as I mentioned. He's, his priority is always going to be stop the run first. And so if they have to overcommit to the run, uh, and, and keep, uh, an extra safety in there and, and put those cornerbacks one on one, I think he may be willing to do that if Travis Etienne is killing them and, and, and Clemson's having a big day running the football. Um, that said, I mean, it, there really is no perfect formula to stop Clemson. I mean, you got to go back to that LSU game. And 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 I did that this week when I was looking. I was like, OK, well, what, did, what did LSU do? Uh, for one, I think Trevor Lawrence uh, barely completed 50 percent of his passes in that game. I don't know how much of it was just drops and and maybe guys just not uh, handing, holding on to the football. But, I mean, LSU had one of the best secondaries in the country last year, guys that could cover. And that's, you know, while, while I think Miami's got a lot of talent at, at safety with Bubba Bolden and Amari Carter and Gervin Hall, who's – Gervin Hall, by the way, is going to miss the first half because of a targeting penalty. Um, and Al Blades, as I mentioned, I, they have that second cornerback spot where DJ Ivy at times has given up big plays. He's, he's slipped in coverage or, or not been where he's supposed to be. So, I, look, Clemson's going to try to exploit that. They're good coaches. Dabble's a great coach. He's going to try to target, I think, DJ Ivey, and I think he's going to try to expose the linebackers. Um, Miami employs a striker um, who has been playing really, really well. Um, Gil Frierson had a really good game against Florida State. But, again, I, I, I see areas where Clemson can, can certainly run the football in this game, and it's going to be up to Miami's defensive line, Those those two edge rushers. Quincy Roche, um, Jalen Phillips, Nessa Silvera, the defensive tackle. Those guys are going to have to put some pressure on Trevor Lawrence Uh, when he's. And and these are lifetime numbers I looked up Uh, when he's under pressure, he's completing 45 percent of his passes, uh, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. So even when you put pressure on him. Maybe you get the incompletion, but it doesn't guarantee you're going to get the pick. So, uh, and then if you blitz him, it's even worse 28 touchdowns, one interception, and he's completing 63% of those passes. So, I, I think Miami's going to have to rush four, try to cover as best as they can, and hope to God that their linebackers are in the right place to tackle Travis at the end. And we know that's really hard to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw that last week for sure. And I mean, one of the big question marks coming into the season for Clemson was their wide receivers. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, we haven't really, really seen a dominant wide receiver game yet this year. So that might be a saving factor for Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you brought up Trevor Lawrence's stats there. Uh, you wrote an interesting article this week about how he might be uh, possibly one of the best quarterbacks to ever play Miami. Uh, can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that? And and he's, is he really? possibly the best quarterback to ever play Miami?
0: Well, he certainly could end up becoming, I think, you know, that's one of those stories where you raise the question, um, you know, he is probably going to be the number one overall pick. I don't really want to say probably he is going to be the number one overall pick uh, at quarterback. Uh, and, and, you know, he's very well could win the Heisman this year. Um, and and so when you got that combination right off the bat, as far as the track record for sure, and then what he does is a dual threat, just so unbelievably dangerous. But some of the other guys, I mean, Miami's played a lot of great quarterbacks uh, uh, Michael Vick certainly was one of them that they had a little rivalry with when Miami and Virginia Tech playing each other. Uh, Vick was, of course, the number one overall pick. Um, you know, they, they Matt Ryan, who won an NFL MVP award, they faced him. Um, this is just recent guys. Russell Wilson, uh, those are all guys that they that they took on. And then uh, you, you go way back to their Big East and, you know, facing Notre Dame on an annual basis. Joe Montana, uh, Boomer Esiason when when he was at Maryland. Um and you know, look at Jameis Winston at Florida State, and all the great Florida State quarterbacks, Charlie Ward. I mean, they they faced a lot of uh, probably a lot of the same ones that Clemson faced, being in the ACC. Um, so uh, you know, I think Trevor certainly what he's accomplished thus far, uh, some of the numbers he's put up at this level, the fact that he's twenty seven and one and won a national championship. Um, you could you could certainly make the case that already his resume is is up there with with the best of the best of them and I actually talked to uh Jose Gaki who's the radio voice for the University of Miami. He calls the games. He's been doing it for the last 18 years and been, been involved in it for the last 30. Uh, you know, he, he says Trevor's up there with the the best that they've ever faced. He feels that like they're facing a Patrick Mahomes, Dan Marino type of quarterback, you know? And, and so I, I think for sure um, when it's all said and done, when, when Trevor's career is over in the NFL, we're, we're he's going to have a resume that's going to certainly make it a case that he's, he's possibly the best Miami's ever faced.
1: Well, he certainly got hall of fame type hair. So, uh, uh, no matter how he plays, that's we, no we doubt. For that's that. no doubt. All right, let me get you out of here with one more question. Um, you know, no matter the outcome of this game, uh, I think there's a good possibility that uh, these two teams meet up again in the ACC Championship. Obviously, that's a long ways away. Um, how likely do you think that is? Notre Dame's in the mix, I understand that, but uh, I think there's a good chance they meet again. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I mean, I think if Miami's going to get back there, if they lose this game, then then it's it's a matter of them running the table. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it, and, and that's going to require Clemson also beating Notre Dame probably worse than they beat Miami, if, they, if that's the way things play out. And it's such a strange year, right? Um, with, with COVID-19 and everything else that's going on, you, you could always have a player miss a game. I think in a perfect world, if Miami uh, remains healthy, they're going to be favored in the in the majority of the games that they have left. I think the only game that they probably won't be is is Virginia Tech, and that's because the Hokies right now are playing well. Um, they'd have to play that game in Blacksburg, and that's always been a challenging game for Miami. So, um, if if Miami runs the table, certainly I, I would think that they'd have a great shot at doing it. But that's easier said than done in, in today's COVID nineteen climate. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I guess we could, we should focus on this week, and uh, we'll worry about the rest of the season later. But. Hey, I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to come on with us. Uh, I want to encourage our listeners to check you out at The Athletic. You got some great stuff about uh, Miami, the Miami Heat as well. I don't know how much longer the finals are going to be going on, but uh, right. hopefully <laughs> hopefully, a few more games, but uh, check that out for sure. And uh, I also want to tell everybody about your uh, podcast, The Wide Right Podcast. Um, you just interviewed Chris Felica, the Bear, yep, uh, from ESPN College Game Day. That was a great interview. He told people a lot about how he got involved uh, in the industry and He's just a fun guy overall, so I want to tell everybody to go listen to that for sure,
0: yeah, definitely chris is uh one of the best in the business we, we you know to me, I kind of look at him as a, a brother from another mother, you know i mean i we're two big two big dudes and who uh love uh sports and stats and analytics and I thought it was really interesting to hear how it was that he got into the business. I got into it through the writing side, uh, and he talked about uh, you know being a, a statistician and a guy who kind of got his start, uh, you know, working in radio, and then eventually getting his, his way over to ESPN. and he, he is a Miami grad. He is a guy who. Uh, attended the University of Miami, so he, he's got a soft spot, obviously, for the Canes in his heart every, every single time he makes a pick. But in the end, it's all business, man. Whenever he decides, he, he looks at the trends, <laughs> he looks at the numbers. So I wouldn't be surprised if he picked Clemson in this game, uh, as good as Miami has played to this point.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll find out on Saturday. And what's your prediction for yeah. the game? I know you've said it other places, but I want I want our listeners to hear it from you.
0: Yeah, I, I'm picking the Tigers 38-31. to 31. I, I think this is going to be a back-and-forth game um, where Miami's going to be in the hunt. And have an opportunity but the fact that Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn the ball over and and Clemson protects it so well uh, I don't have the number right in front of me I did the research uh, probably a month ago now but going into the season but I I know Miami's record when they create more than one turnover is really really good ever since Manny Diaz has been there and the turnover chain has been out there and I I just think uh, if Clemson can protect the football they're the better team and, and they should win this game but Uh, so I said 38, 31 Clemson, um, but I think Miami's got a chance. I think they really do. I think, uh, this is going to be an exciting game. Um, the fact that, uh, Death Valley will not be rocking and it won't have a a packed house certainly helps Miami. Um, and, and so, uh, I think this is going to be a good game and you're going to see two good football teams play a good game on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, that's what we're hoping for, just some good games. I feel like the ACC, we haven't had a ton of good games recently, so we're we're hoping for that for sure on Saturday. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll see how Saturday goes. But uh, thanks, for, thanks for your time, and thanks for joining us. Anytime, brother. You take care. I just want to say another huge thank you to Manny for coming on to the show today. And the one thing that I forgot to say while he was here was that you should go follow him on Twitter, And you can find him there at Manny underscore Navarro. All right, let's hop right into we have three specific points that we want to make want to make about this game. These are the things that I'm going to be looking for. These are the things that Carter is going to be looking for. And of course, you should be looking for these things as well. The first thing that we are keeping our eye on is, of course, the Clemson offensive line against Miami's scary pass rush. Miami has 10 sacks through the first 3 games which comes to an average of 3.3 sacks per game. I'm not going to lie to you and say that I'm super confident at this point in Clemson's offensive line. They've I mean, been they've ha- been solid. Have we seen
2: anything though? Like to Seen anything uh, of concern? Somewhat with that, but also like with the opponents we've played like can we take anything from that?
1: No, oh, no. And that's what I'm trying to say is that OK, so we you know, we beat Virginia, Virginia. I mean, Virginia's is obviously the best p- opponent we've played so far, and I wouldn't say that they're at all on Miami's talent level. And so, yeah, it concerns me. Miami has a couple of dudes up front and Manny just talked about that uh, and they're going to be good. So Clemson has given up three uh, six sacks so far this season in three games, and it's going to be important to protect Trevor Lawrence against this pass rush. Always.
2: Yeah, (laughs) always. he goes down, the season's over. (laughs) That's true.
1: Which is the exact reason we don't want him to run. Although, maybe I'll reverse course on that a little bit. We'll get to that in a second. But keep an eye on that for sure. If if the uh, Miami defensive line and those ends are able to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence and make him uncomfortable, this game is going to be wide open. Trevor Lawrence is good under pressure. Manny talked about that as well. But... No quarterback is better under pressure than if they have a clean pocket by any means. Our boy. And I think it's important, too. We've seen so far that I don't think Trevor Lawrence and his wide receivers have impressed so far. Trevor Lawrence has, but I'm not sure um, like Joseph Ngata and Frank Ladson have been game breakers so far. Not so far, no. No. So we want to make sure that they have plenty of time to run through their routes, give Trevor Lawrence, plenty of time to get through his reads and make that happen.
2: Yeah, there's definitely talent on that Miami defensive side. All right. The second thing we're going to be looking for in this game is we're going to be looking at Clemson's secondary. We're going to see if they're going to be able to stop Derek King through the air as well as through the ground. He is very good at both. That is for sure. Now, there are some positives to take away from uh, Tiger secondary against Virginia. We obviously had that amazing interception by Andrew Booth last, last week. Which I didn't even notice. Was that on Sports Center? I didn't I see Sports throughout. Never mind. Why did I bring that? Let's in? let's just assume that it was the <laughs>
1: top play of the game.
2: There you go.
1: Top uh, play of the day. Yeah. Excuse
2: me. But there are some negatives as well as uh, Brendan Armstrong for Virginia. He did throw the ball. He had quite a few yards against us, as well as he scrambled a decent amount, yeah, which concerns us. You're forgetting that he's Steve Young. <laughs> there you go. Yes, <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, then, what does that make Derek King? Because Patrick better Mahomes, than... <laughs> exactly. All right, well, we better watch out for Patrick Mahomes this week. So uh, no, for real though. I mean, they gave up a decent amount of like yards to Brandon Armstrong last week. Like, mean, what is Derek King gonna do? Like, what is Clemson gonna put in to implement to stop Derek King? This is probably the most
1: important point thing to be watching this week is Clemson's defense against Derek King. He. Is I mean he's the ultimate dual he's he's a good dual threat quarterback he's very smart ultimate would be Patrick Mahomes <laughs> yes you saw that I walked that back pretty quickly <laughs> uh, no I mean he can pick up yards with his legs um, so, something's crazy a crazy sad is he's averaging 15 yards per scramble so far wow. this season he knows how to pick up yards he's got this quick spin move he just Puts a defender's in the uh, in the dryer in the washing machine. Which one is it for spin? <laughs> washing machine. Let's go with that. And uh, he's also picking up five yards after contact as well. So I think probably the most talked about issue about the defense after the Virginia game was the fact that Brendan Armstrong was able to pick up 88 yards on the ground against the Tigers' defense. And so when you have a more athletic quarterback, how is Brent Venables going to scheme against his legs? And also, at the same time, maintain the, um,
2: you know, the efficiency of the secondary. Yeah. How's that going to happen? I don't know. We'll see how they implement it. I mean, uh, the first thing after I watched the film on Derek King was, I told you, he looked like Kyler Murray. Like, yeah. Kyler Murray is, he, uh, he's i don't know what to say about kyler murray he's pretty good let's go with that (laughs) he just reminded me of kyler murray he's short just like him he's quick he's got the moves he's got the arm as well he's got the full package let's just see if he utilizes it yeah
1: exactly and so kind of going along with that too is uh and we haven't talked about him a whole lot but uh the miami tight end brevin jordan he's he's really good and i don't know who's going to cover him for clemson Um, it's probably going to be the safety Zanders I would expect because last year you would have thought that Isaiah Simmons, you know, the freak Isaiah Simmons would, would cover him, but Clemson doesn't really have that player this year. So that, that's another key matchup to watch. And, uh, if Clemson doesn't win that matchup, then, then Derek King is just going to be chucking it to his tight end all day. Okay. So point number three is that I think I really, we really need to see Travis Etienne and, are you taking note of this? You'll never hear me say this again. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence also needs to run the ball. If you don't know, I hate, 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 hate when Trevor Lawrence runs the ball for anything. I don't care if it's... Well, I do care now because he's going to be leaving after the season probably. So I'd be okay if he ran on fourth down to win the national championship this year. But before that, not a freaking chance, okay? so. I, but I do think it's important for them to make that happen this week. You heard Manny talk about how... The Miami defense is really going to try to stop the run this week. That's the, that's going to be their first priority coming into this game, but they have question marks in the line uh, in the linebacker unit, and so it's going to be important. And this is important in every game, of course. If you're if you're running success um, successfully, you're going to be, be making it into the second layer of the defense, which mm-hmm. is the linebackers. But I think that's really key this time around to challenge those linebackers, make them make tackles in space, make sure that they have all their assignments ready to go, make sure they're hitting the right gaps. So we need to be feeding Travis E.T. in the ball,
2: and I'd love to see him get, it, get uh, receptions out of the backfield like he did last week as well. And once again, we say this, at least I say this every week, if we establish the running game, it's going to open up the secondary for Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence to hit some bombs. Like every week, we just got to do it.
1: Man, we need to have a new segment for you called like Carter's Coach's Corner or something. You—that's
2: <laughs> the only point that you have, though. <laughs> so just it, come, just just throw it to me whenever I need to make that point. Then okay, I'll stay here though. Okay, well, it'll be like a one-week segment
1: because that's the only point you have. <laughs> but so, but going along with that, and speaking of linebackers, and maybe the questions that Miami has um, with that unit, I think this might be a good chance for Braden Galloway, um, the Clemson tight end, to really break out. We heard a lot about him before the season, how he's the new dimension of this offense that we haven't seen for a long time, but he only has seven catches for 77 yards at this point point. So, and no touchdowns, by the way. So this would be the great game for him to come out and really surprise people a little bit. And I'd love to see him rack up 100 yards or just
2: be present in this game, be a factor. Amari Rogers needs some help. That's for sure. He can't be the only one out there. So that's right.
1: Yeah. So those are the things we're going to be watching this week. I hope you will be watching them as well. I'm excited for this next thing. I'm I'm like excited, but it's our um,
2: most favorite game.
1: No, no, no. no. This is my most favorite section. Oh, I'm afraid my ears are going to bleed, though, because th- we can't wait to hear all these football cliches from uh, Trevor, of course. And we're so thankful that he's put this together for us. It's <laughs> it's going to be fun. OK, but first, let's take a quick 30 second break and hear from our sponsor anchor podcast. OK, Trevor, how confident are you that we're going to laugh during the segment? Pretty confident. All right. He's shaking his head. Yes, I think he, he likes this. Of course, he was talking to you before about how much time it takes for him to listen through all this sludge. It's terrible. Every week, every week, do your job. Yeah, he just complains all the time. Hey, you know it was Trevor's birthday this week. He turned twenty-one. Oh, it was wow. It was 21. also <laughs> yeah, Trevor Lawrence's birthday he looks as well. So much older. <laughs> I know. Does he? I don't know. The hair kind of keeps him young. I feel like. Okay, Trevor, go ahead and play for us your worthless sound collection for the week.
2: We
0: left a lot of money out there. We had to. We had to kind of play a little bit of cat and mouse, when they force you to. To defend every patch of grass
1: in your grits.
0: As a young athlete, you always shoot for the stars. Uh, This this is the biggest game of the year because it's the next one. As long as you're all wrong, you're, you're all right. I think at the end of the day, that's what you want to do is keep people out of the end zone. Pete, I
2: can hear.
0: piece of cheese. Everything's uh, skiing to the team. We're trying to go one and zero that week. You're in a sewer pipe somewhere. We try to leave it all on the field.
1: We've only got what we got. We want to. We want to win on the scoreboard.
0: We're going to be at our best. Our best players have to be at our best.
1: Good day in heaven for for uh, football players on this day. It's like a praying mantis uh, out there. He's got arms and legs forever. He's very high-hipped. Uh, this, what was your Lord it? help me? <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's terrible and hilarious all at the same time. I mean, we don't play this to really make fun of any of the coaches or the players. It's just that they literally sit in front of reporters for like 10, 15, 30 minutes at a time. And what else are they going to say? You can't give us gold, you know, that Every whole time. Question, That's like, right. So, I mean, again, if you're listening to this, we're not trying to make fun of you, but... <laughs> we sort of are at the same time, so it just comes with the job. Give us a little chuckle. That's right. Uh, do you have a favorite from that? Uh, well, I'm trying to figure out what does P's and Q's mean. I was wondering the same thing. Maybe is that a football term that we should know?
2: Are we showing our night our uh, our lack of knowledge right now? I don't know if we're just ignorant, but like I can't think of anything in my head that P's and Q's that have to do with football. Like I don't know P's and Q's. Well, I any I don't know <laughs> any reporter out there if you're
1: worth your salt you'll ask him to follow up on that and uh, get clarification on that please someone out there do that okay that was fun and now it's time for the capstone of this episode clemson or Clemson out
0: time for briley and carter to answer the important questions surrounding the clemson tigers in a little game we like to call clems in or clems out
1: All right. Becky has three questions for us that we are going to either answer that we are Clemps in or Clemps out. Get it right? We've been doing this for a while. I'm on the show. Yes, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Becky, what's the first question that you have for us? Next question. In or out, do you think the weather will affect the game this weekend? All right. I'm sort of undecided about if I'm Excited that there's going to be a semi hurricane coming through uh, the South Carolina upstate this week, because part of me is like, man, I just want to see these teams go at it. No, you know, no weather issues whatsoever. I want to see them man on man. Let's see what happens. But I don't know. It could be fun if they're just splashing around and, and you know, my favorite thing is when they like get tackled or a quarterback slides and they just <laughs> Five, slides for an extra going. 10 yards. Yeah. So it could be fun. Uh, do I think it's going to affect the game this weekend? I mean, I'm not a weatherman, so things could change, obviously. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to be in. Wow.
2: I go. don't know how to play. This good guy. correction. Good I'm
1: in on this. I think it will affect the game uh, in some respect. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully there won't be severe thunderstorms that delay the game or anything like that. But um, I don't know if there's a lot of rain there. Uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. yeah that right. means probably a lot more running the ball instead of throwing. There could be more turnovers.
2: We could see the turnover chain more often. We'll see. What do you think? That's what that all sounds fun and everything. But then I realized, Oh, I live in the upstate area. Do I really want this <laughs> yes. semi hurricane coming through here? When I think of it that way, that's a no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you haven't been at Walmart fighting people to get water or anything? No, yet? no, no. Wow, no you're, you're way no, won't
2: catch me there like that. <laughs> <laughs> all the Miami people are laughing at us right now. They've been through some real <laughs> so, so they have that all the time. That's right. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, I think you basically gave all the points on the weather with how the game will change. Like, will it affect, I'll say Clemson, yes, it'll affect the game because obviously if it's a downpour, then you're just not going to see Trevor Lawrence throw the ball as much. And that kind of plays right into what Miami's game plan is to stop the run. So here's what
1: I just heard from you, is that you're Clemson if it rains and Clemson out if it doesn't rain.
2: That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good catch. Okay, <laughs> I just wanted to hold you, hold your feet to the I'm fire. Holding end. both that ends, like okay. I want to win. That's on both not lists. what this
1: game is. <laughs> All right, Becky, what's the second question? Next question. In or out? Would a Miami upset this weekend be good for the ACC?
2: That's a very good question, and this question came about mostly because there was an article floating around this week that brought point to this that if Clemson loses with, with Miami winning this game then there's more contenders in the ACC then and the ACC looks like a better conference. Um, I don't know if I totally agree with that. Does they, I mean are we still on this right now? The ACC
1: has four teams in the top 10 right now. Again. What? Uh, yeah I don't know what Let to say Let that about blow that. your mind for a it, second. What
2: are those four teams?
1: Clemson, Miami, North Carolina and Notre Dame. So, so I uh, keep forgetting Notre Dame's yeah. in the ACC this year. I <laughs> so like, I
2: don't know if we should count it, but still three teams of the top 10 is certainly an upgrade from last year. i say three quality teams as of right now. I'm yeah, not trying sure right. to we'll put North Carolina in there, but that's right. I, I'm sorry. I got
1: off. I got us off track, though. You answer the question.
2: I want to go. Uh, I'm going to go Clemson. I think it would actually would be good to a point. Obviously, not this season for Clemson, because obviously that'd be a loss. But having more respect for the conference would be really good for them. It'll one of these years is gonna bite them that the ACC sucks. I mean, some other team's just gonna get let in over them. Maybe not like Oklahoma. Yeah, some like they're gonna come <laughs> into the, like one of those stupid scenarios where they have to pick a team from a power five conference yeah. and they're just gonna take another team that has a better conference. Yeah. So with Miami winning, it would be good to have like you have Notre Dame, you have Miami, you have Clemson. like there's three quality teams there. That probably qualifies you for a decent conference nowadays. So I'm going to be Clemson, actually, even though I don't want them to lose. But sure, there can be positives that come from it.
1: Sure. Okay. I'm going to preface my answer by saying that I think it would be amazing for not only the ACC, but college football in general, if Miami was back to being Miami. Okay. they're a premier blue chip program that When they're good, it's sort of like in baseball when the Yankees are good and the Dodgers are good and the Red Sox are good. That's great for baseball because those are the premier teams. We really I I, I really I mean, I'm not I don't love Miami, to tell you the truth personally, but it would be great if they were good again. But I'm going to be clemps out on this. Good for the ACC this year? Nah, I don't think so. We they do not want anyone screwing up Clemson's, Clemson's chance, chances of getting into the college football playoff at this point. Sure, Notre Dame has a chance.
2: And if Miami wins today, sure, they have a chance as well. So we, Notre Dame has a chance to get there, but then automatically lose yes, wherever they play.
1: Yes. That's thank what you, they
2: do. Thank you for the correction <laughs> there.
1: I erred <laughs> I greatly. But no, I, I'm going to be clumps out on this. I mean, if you want to take the long term view, then sure, maybe. But this year, clumps out because. I don't want to take any chances. I don't want anyone saying, like, hey, the ACC sucks. So Clemson lost to an ACC team. Uh, okay, you're not going to the college football That's playoff. I see your point. Yeah. So even, I mean, even though the Big 12 sucks this year and they're probably not going to have a team <laughs> in the playoff, there's, you know, there's a little bit more room for error, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to be Clemson out. Okay, let's get to the third and final question. Becky, what do you have for us? Next question In or out? With recruiting heading in an upward direction, will Clemson be even better in three years? Okay, as we answer this question, I have a crazy stat for you. Only three teams since 2000 have won a national championship without having signed a top five recruiting class in the previous four years. Let that sink in, okay? Only three teams have won a championship if they if they haven't signed excuse me let me start again only (laughs) three teams have won a championship having not signed a top five class within the previous four years of that championship does that make sense so that would be they don't have recruits they
2: didn't end in the top five that year of recruiting class exactly okay Very long question for just something like that
1: yes very nuanced confusing yes okay the three teams Auburn in 2010 and Clemson twice, 2016-2018. The thing that those teams had in common were they had a transcendent quarterback. Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. But still, only three teams have done that since 2000. That is crazy. And the whole point of this question is, Clemson is starting to to recruit even better than they had before. Prior to last year, they in Dabo Sweeney's tenure, they had never finished within the top five in the recruiting rankings. Last year, they were third. This year, they're third. Clemson has been the premier program in college football for the last uh, two, three, four years now. Imagine what they could be in in three years. So I'm going to be Clemson in on this now. A little caveat here is that it really depends on what their quarterback situation is. Are they going to get a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I don't know, maybe DJ uh Wagalele, right? Sure. <laughs> DJ, he could be really good. We'll see what happens, but he's not Trevor Lawrence right now. So it's going to depend on that, but I'm going to say in 3 years, if you look at the roster overall, Clemson is going to be a better top to bottom team than they are now. What do you think?
2: Uh, I'm going to be Clemson out, actually. I mean, there's not much more room for improvement in that category. I mean, they're probably just behind Alabama and, like, probably Ohio State typically most years. They are this year. Those this are the year. two teams. Okay. Um, I just, uh, it depends if Clemson gets another top tier quarterback or not. If they don't, then I don't think they're going to be moving up. I think Clemson's just going to stay right there at third. From here on out, right now, they're they've made their way into the top tier programs, but I don't see why exactly you'd want to like go to Clemson over like Alabama or, or Ohio State. Exactly, why you wouldn't? Yeah, like you just I'm gonna be clemps out on that state. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know why. For me personally, <laughs> as a player, though, you go to hard, these programs. What
1: separates them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, what's what separates them?
2: Yeah. It, Alabama it doesn't matter who their quarterback is every year. They're good every single year. They compete no matter what. I don't know if we can have that with Clemson quite yet. We haven't seen that. Yeah, but the thing with Alabama is,
1: see, the difference between Alabama and Clemson, and people may get down my throat about this, is that Alabama has had an amazing roster besides the quarterbacks now obviously a Tua in that time and Mac Jones looks pretty good but before that remember when Alabama was winning all these national championships with no-name quarterbacks I mean but it was because their roster was so amazing Clemson to me was like sort of the exact opposite they had a solid roster but they had these transcendent quarterbacks who were just generational once in a generation type of talents And so that's sort of the difference. Now, to your point, um, yeah, I think it's just personal preference as to why players go to different teams, you know, and and it's regional and it's who likes Dabo as opposed to Nick Saban and those sort of things. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait for another three years to find out specifically to this question. Yeah,
2: I don't know if I could compare these last couple Clemson teams to like, lebron james teams in the nba where you have one or two all-star like the best player in the world and now he has ad but then the rest of the roster is just mediocre players that lebron (laughs) james just wins with yeah obviously clemson's players with trevor lawrence are better than just mediocre
1: but but that's what we're saying right now is that they're recruiting even better now so theoretically they'll have you know those players those uh sidekicks are going to be you know, five-star players and four-star players instead of three-star players or or whatever they used to be. And that's, and I mean, the other aspect of this is that Dabo Sweeney is probably one of the best coaches in the country in developing talent. Um, And so he just does a great job of bringing in these lower-rated recruits and making them amazing. Isaiah Simmons was a three-star recruit. Um, Hunter Renfro, three-star recruit. So, you know, He's good at that. So, okay. I was Clemson, you're Clemson out. We actually had some disagreement. Way to go there. (laughs) Okay. We're going to finish today's episode with a few predictions. And before we do that, I do want to encourage you to be sure to join us again on Monday, because we're going to do a recap episode of this uh, game. And uh, obviously this is the biggest game of the season so far. And so you won't want to miss that recap episode. And then the rest of the week, we produce what we call the Clemson Football News Daily Update, and it's exactly how it sounds. Every day, we give you the top three headlines surrounding Clemson football, and we condense it within a three to seven minute period. So I encourage you to listen to that. Okay, moving on to our prediction for this week. Should I go first or do you want to go first? Go for it. All right. I'm going to say that Clemson is going to pull out the win here, 34 to 17. I think uh, it's going to be, and here's what I'm going to say. I think the first half is going to be close. I think it's probably going to be a little, um, I'm just going I'm, to, I'm zagging when everyone is zigging at this point. Everyone's saying this is going to be a shootout. It's going to be a great game. I think it might be a low scoring game in the first half. I think it could be something like um, 10 to 17 Clemson or something like that. And then Clemson, as they tend to do, they focus on the last four minutes of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third quarter. I think in that period, they could put up a couple of touchdowns on Miami and really put them away. Uh, and so I'm going to say 34 to 17, Tigers. What do you have?
2: Not bad. I was actually not too far off. Though. I'm going 31 20, Clemson. Kind of around the same degree as you with the um, way the game's going to go. I just think they're going to have one quarter where they're just going to pull away. And then uh, Miami's just going to be a touchdown. from us right. let
1: will see what happens i i hope for our sake that it's at least in the first half. it would be good i don't want to have like a heart attack game don't get me wrong but it would be nice to see this team challenged for real for real yeah to see what we have i mean we're gonna face quality opponents later in the season so it's good to see what we have exactly okay well that's gonna do it for today we look forward to saturday and uh be good out there